Welcome to the Live Lauren podcast and the place of celebrating juicy, soulful, whole, living, loving, adventuring, embracing of all of life, being the moment unfolding before us. Sure, um, it's quite a theme, quite a theme indeed, and something, so at the moment, um, I'm reading Mickey Singer's Untethered, no, Living Untethered, which is the latest book and really gets practical um, in terms of, yeah, The Untethered Soul was the first one, which was, does have practical tips and threads in it, but they aren't very direct. And then after years and years of people asking Mickey how, because the essence of the book is that if we look at ourselves, that we really, who are, who are you? Who are you? Like, are you anything you see on the outside? Are you anything you own? Are you any? Are you even your body, right? So it's like the outside world. Then, if you go inside, are you your thoughts? Are you your emotions? So your thoughts are like a whole other landscape and a whole other world, and your emotions are another whole world and landscape. So. He almost uses this analogy of the three-ring circus, where none of those are things we experience, but not who we are. And the three-ring circus is these three worlds that are very distracting from who we really are. Another really strong analogy is like if you shine a light, a flashlight on things, is the light the things it's shining on? So the light can move, and it'll shine on many different things. It's not the light. It doesn't change the quality of the light. It doesn't change the light, no matter the different things you focus on. And the basic premise that ultimately the experience of love, joy, inspiration is our natural state when our energy can flow through us. But what happens over a lifetime is there's certain experiences that we resist or we cling to. So we don't want to feel they're uncomfortable. Or they're so amazing that we don't want to let them go because we want to just keep them. And these cause blockages in the flow. It's kind of like if you had a river and then you start putting stones in the river. They impact the flow. So the easiest way is to actually just take out the blockages. It's like that roomy quote about your task is not so much to find love but to really look for and remove all the blockages that you have put in the way of love, something like that. So it really comes down to two things, that the, the truth of that nothing on the outside can fix the inside. But what most people do is dedicate a lifetime to thinking, what do I need to change on the outside to be okay on the inside? When actually if we just do the work of removing the blockages on the inside, then you can actually be okay no matter what the outside is because they'll be in tune with this flow of love and inspiration and joy that you can be present and grateful to the whole, whole of life. So, yeah, it definitely appeals to me a lot more <laughs> because then either you can be looking for this job, this relationship, this item, this car, this house, on the outside, it's going to help the inside temporarily feel good. 
Or you can just remove the blocks on the inside so that no matter what job, where, what relationship, what house, what car, you're good, more than good. It definitely appeals to me a lot more, that destination. So I am a work in progress because currently, yeah, there's certain areas that um, I find it quite difficult to be with the unfolding. <laughs> mm, which I'm, I'm very, I'm very exceptionally grateful to have work. I really am. Um, but it is an area of challenge. Um, yeah, just in terms of what resonates with me as values and and all these sorts of things and saw an absolutely amazing movie documentary last night about um, in the 1970s a group of young Jewish people who weren't particularly religious but created a kosher kitchen <laughs> in Washington um, and there was no kosher kitchen at all and the thing was that none of them were religious, but they wanted a place that all uh, Jews could come. So whether you're religious or non, even non-Jewish. And it was more like a community hall. Like, uh, they started to do things in the evenings with dance and music. And there were old people that stayed in the building that used to come down in the afternoon, shift and share recipes, like in the afternoon between lunch and dinner. Um, and people, there were just all these big tables, and people would sometimes sit next to each other, the total strangers, and meet one another. There was a table specially, like, labelled for, like, everybody, no matter whether you're religious, secular, non-Jewish. Um, and, yeah, they actually, they were non-profit. And then, at a time, they actually became anti-profit. So it was just really, really interesting. And they lived together, and they worked together, and... When things happened, it was the vote of everyone was taken into consideration. So, yeah, just a lot of it really resonated. And there was no hierarchy of leadership. It was all just that looking for people who would take initiative, see what needs to be done, and just do it. And, um, yeah, yeah, just knowing that there is no anything on the outside that's going to fix the inside. I need to fix the inside. But at the moment, there's still parts of me that craves kind of being in a, in a work environment, like when I used to research all the B Corps and the conscious businesses. Um, but just to trust I am where I am and to not fight the unfolding and resist the unfolding. And a friend of mine shared the most beautiful story, I found the most beautiful story, where he'd gone shopping and needed some items, like he needed like a new suitcase, like an onboarding hand luggage, a new jacket, like a few items that were pretty more, they weren't just um, light purchases, you know, they were more substantial purchases. And when he took the taxi home and was getting out and um, sort of taken, because his mom had gone to a medical appointment and he'd gone with her and was helping her out the car and, and in doing all of that kind of, moment like slipped his mind that his items were in the back of the car in the boot in the trunk and then the taxi driver starts waving off and initially he's like waving the taxi driver goodbye but then realizes oh my word my stuff's in the boot starts running after the taxi but it's like too late so he's thinking oh my word but what was so amazing he told me the story was so with mickey's whole premise it's not about 
not engaging with life. And it's not about challenging situations, not arising to be dealt with. It's about being in life and engaging with life and engaging challenging situations, but not from a place of such heightened emotion or such crazy thoughts that with such sort of distraction in the three-ring circus that one's sort of like an irrational, highly emotional, crazy thought um, wielding manic individual but from a place of connecting to the consciousness behind all of that so that you can actually be a valuable contribution to this to the situation and I just found this so incredible because my friend shared that he'd stayed calm and it was a part of him just realized like you know if, if, I've, if this has happened and I'm not going to get my stuff back then I'm just not going to get my stuff back, but what can I do? Just still, like, what action can I take? So the taxi driver wasn't part of, like, an Uber or registered group. He was an independent. So he thought, well, he was picked up. He was outside, like, a mall and thought that maybe then this driver may go back. You know, that that's sort of like an option. He goes back to pick a point and would wait for another person coming out the mall who's once a private taxi. So that's what he does. And when he gets there, he approaches, doesn't see the guy, but approaches another sort of random um, independent taxi, asking if he knows this guy because he's got to know his name. And this guy's like, no, sorry, I don't know him. But um, besides the sort of like registered groups, there are three other organizations that run like small groups of private taxis. So he could be affiliated to one of those. But the thing is, I only know the number of one. So I'll give you the number of the one I know. So he gets his number, he phones his number, and then again asks <laughs> if by any chance there's a taxi driver by this particular name who lives in this area. And the person's like, oh yes, it's this taxi driver with like a bad back or something, which he'd also shared in the drive. And he's like, yes, that's him. So he lands up being able to get the connected with the taxi driver and manages to get his stuff back and all of that, but it's just such a beautiful story for me in terms of trust and faith and being with the unfolding, because it wasn't like my friend was manic about, oh my god, I have to get this back, oh my god, this is such an investment, and like freaking out. It was like a trust in the unfolding. And yeah, I just love that, of just, just being with the unfolding with less, ah... Oh, yeah, just being with the less resisting and trusting. And trusting either way. Like, it's just because you really have this energy of, like, it's okay either way. Like, I'm okay either way. Like, yes, I'd really like to get my stuff back. And he took action. He took action, but from, like, a calm, centered place. So, yeah. Here is, precious hearts, to being with the unfolding of the moment. And taking action from a calm, centered place and knowing that we are okay either way and that exactly where we are is where we're meant to be and to trust the ease and the flow. We're already on 10 minutes because this brings me back to like fasting but maybe we'll chat about that more a little bit on the next one. Sending you huge love for beautiful, magnificent being with the moment unfolding day until we meet again. Mwah.